So Pilate wakes up early in the morning, and as his feet hit the uh, cold floor, he has one thought in his mind. He is just hoping to get through that day with no incident. Uh, He's a very stressed man. He's not been sleeping well. His wife keeps having these crazy dreams. Uh, There's just been all these troubles for him. And many of them are troubles that he has uh, put upon himself. See, he never sleeps well when it's the festival times. Uh, Whenever there's festivals in Jerusalem and the area that Pilate is governor over, there's always just tensions in the air. He knows that there's all these new people and all these troublemakers and agitators who have come into his city. And he knows that all day there will be a risk that somewhere, some, in some corner of the city, there's going to be some chaos, there's going to be a riot, there's going to be a mess. And he has to avoid that at all costs. You see, the problem is, uh, Pilate really is not very good at his job. Okay? Uh, he finds that he always um, punishes people too harshly or uh, too leniently. Uh, he somehow has a reputation with the locals of crushing rebellions while having a reputation with Caesar of being totally ineffective at crushing rebellions. And so he's just always stuck in the middle um, when these festivals come. Here's a few things Jewish historians tell us about the kind of man that Pontius Pilate was. Now note, these historians would all be people who don't like him, all right? They all have reasons to dislike this man. So just remember, this is his opponents describing him. Uh, They said he was full of vindictiveness and furious temper. He was naturally inflexible, a blend of self-will and relentlessness. Another author said his corruption and his acts of insolence and his rapine, and his habit of insulting people, and his cruelty and his continual murders of people, untried and uncondemned, and his never-ending and gratuitous and most grievous inhumanity. Right? He's just a bad dude, according to these people. And yet here Pilate is just trying to get through this festival day without a problem. Uh, He wants nothing more than to manage to get through the day and the sun go down and he does not have to worry about Caesar sending him yet another letter saying you have got to do a better job of keeping peace in this place that you take care of. And of course, he barely finishes his morning routine before he has a problem. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace, because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? Then the Jewish uh, man, If he were not a criminal, they replied, We would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, Take him yourselves. Judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Uh, As we go through this story, Pilate is going to have three ways that he tries to deal with his challenge. Right? This is a very tenacious thing for us. Uh, We're so used to hearing the story of Jesus' death that maybe we forget some of the tensions that Pilate's dealing with here. On the one hand, he has an angry mob. Right? He literally has a group 
of murderous people screaming, kill him, kill him, kill him, that are roaming the streets. Okay, he needs to listen to them to some degree. He does not want these people upset and then throwing a riot and having all sorts of problems that he then has to quell. The flip side, though, is he does not want to be easily manipulated. Right? The last thing that um, Pilate wants to become is a loaded gun in the hand of the Jewish leadership, where every time they show up to his palace and say, hey, we want this guy dead, he goes, sure, whatever you say. Right? He, this is the balance that he has, to, he has to serve. He has to not upset the people enough to get them to riot, while at the same hand, letting them understand that he's in control. And they don't merely bring him uh, crucifixion cases for him to rubber stamp. Right? And so he has those tensions around him as he deals with things. And his first way of dealing with it is to hope to ignore it, right? His first answer, which is an answer many of us would give, is, it's not my problem. Leave me alone. I say this all the time, right? The kids are always coming to me with their quarrels about some issue or the other that I don't care about. And I'm like, you know what, kids? It's not our problem. You know, I can't find my backpack, Dad. That's not my problem. You need to remember where it is, right? And this is totally the way that Pilate tries to start this conversation. This isn't my problem. This is a matter of Jewish law. You guys are upset about him breaking some commandment and some scripture that I don't even read. I don't care. I'm a Roman. You're a Jew. This is a Jewish issue. You take care of it. Um, this is a common thing the Roman uh, governors will do. When we read the book of Acts, there's a time in Corinth where uh, Paul is brought for trial before um, before a governor like this. And the governor says, this is a matter of Jewish law. And us Romans, we don't get involved in it. And so he just tries to wash his hands of it. I don't want anything to do with this mess. Of course, the, the Jewish leaders have an obvious answer. This is a capital offense. What he has done is something that deserves death, and we Jews would never, ever kill anyone without your permission, Right? This is not true. We know this is not true. We have other stories of Jewish leadership stoning people in the Gospels in the book of Acts. But here they feign like they're suddenly law-abiding citizens. We could not possibly kill this man. Maybe that's a ceremonial uncleanness issue, being so close to the Passover. Or maybe they just, for some reason, want Rome to be on the hook for this one. And so you have the Jewish people coming to uh, Pilate and saying, we need you to do something. And he says, it's not my business. And they go, no, it is, because we can't kill him. And so he starts kind of a, a phony baloney trial for Jesus. Pilate went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You're a king then, said Pilate. Um, what's happening here now, tactic two, is very disingenuous listening, right? Uh, maybe you've seen a debate, whether it be like a, a high school debate or a debate for candidates or something, and somebody says something, the other one starts scribiously, fur uh, furiously scribbling, not scribiously, furiously scribbling down notes, right? And, you know, if it's this high school debate, they're doing these notes, and they don't really, they're not listening to the opposition, right? They are merely trying to think of something smart to say in return to the opposition. Have you ever ended up in that place in your life 
where uh, you don't really care to have an honest conversation anymore. You just want to win the conversation. And this is a little bit what Pilate's doing here. He has Jesus in front of him, and he doesn't care about if Jesus is guilty or not. He doesn't care about what Jesus is saying. He doesn't care about Jesus' values. He is trying to catch him. And so he says, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, let's slow down. Where'd you hear that from? And he's like, I don't care about this stuff. Are you or are you not? And Jesus says, my rule and my kingdom are not of this world. If it were, I would fight. And he goes, ha ha, you said you ruled. You said you're a king, right? He thinks he has this ultimate gotcha moment because Jesus used the word kingdom. And he's not listening at all. Just think for a minute. Um, a lot of times we talk about how cool it would be to be face-to-face -face with Jesus, right? This whole sermon series is about being next to Jesus. Pilate was next to Jesus, and all he could think to do is take notes on how to win an argument with him. He was face-to-face -face with Jesus, and he doesn't even listen to the words the man is saying. So, number one, it's not my, not my business. I'm just going to ignore you. The number two approach is this sort of disingenuous listening. I will listen to you, but only to prove you wrong. Arguing the point. And then there's one more uh, kind of coup de grace on this. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. Um, his last response is just pure cynicism, right? This is a man who literally leads people for a living. He uh, is one of the more powerful people in his corner of the universe. And he has in front of him the great leader of men, right? The great shepherd, Jesus. Jesus is sharing with him a different way of looking at how to rule people, how to lead people. Jesus is literally giving him something that would help him do his job a whole lot better, right? Forget the belief and unbelief and son of God stuff. On the very lowest level, it would do Pilate a world of good to listen to Jesus on leadership, right? And in the face of that, when Jesus starts trying to explain the truth to him, he says so smugly, what's the truth? Pilate's given up on truth mattering, okay? Truth is not an issue for Pilate. Pilate lives in a world that all that matters is perception. It does not matter how well or how poorly he handles an insurrection of the Jewish people as long as the perception in Rome is that he did a good job, right? He has these people he's, he's kind of, um, uh, he's, in, he's over as governor. It doesn't matter if he's being good to the Jewish people or bad to the Jewish people. All that matters is that they're not uprising against him, right? He's a very pragmatic guy. Pilate does not care about the truth. He just cares about getting his job done and getting out of the day without incident. 
And so when Jesus comes in with this highfalutin stuff about truth and values and beauty and not fighting and my kingdom isn't of this world, Pilate's like, I don't care. How does any of this help me? And Jesus goes, well, it's the truth. And he goes, I don't care about the truth. All I care about is saving my skin. And it's just pure cynicism. There's nothing, nothing that matters in my life except getting out of uh, trouble instead of keeping my nose clean. And so ultimately, um, Pilate makes this really, uh, I mean, it's a clever political decision, but it's a real weenie decision, right? He has this man that he thinks is innocent. And so he says, listen, there was this thing we do where you get somebody freed to you on the Sabbath. And so he brings up two men, Barabbas and Jesus. Uh, it's interesting, the synoptic gospels describe him as bringing Barabbas up. John seems to suggest the crowd just came up with that name. But in the synoptics, he brings out Barabbas, and Barabbas is a terrorist, okay? That's the only way I can think to describe him. He is a guy who, when he's free, create groups of people that go around killing other people and causing chaos. And so Pilate thinks, I'll bring him this Jesus guy who's obviously innocent, and I'll bring him, you know, the Osama bin Laden of their day, right? And if I say, which one of these guys do you want? Clearly, they'll choose Jesus, right? No one is foolish enough to set this terrorist loose on their community. And the people cry, we want Barabbas, we want Barabbas. I think it probably takes him off guard a little bit. And so the other gospels tell us that he washes his hands. He says, I've got nothing else to do with this. You guys can crucify him, but this is not my call. This is your call. And Pilate is done. He had God incarnate in front of him. And he ignored him, argued him, and then cynically dismissed him. And that's all that he could find to do with this opportunity to stand face to face with Jesus. Uh, tomorrow, your day will start hopefully a little better than uh, Pilate's. You probably will get up a little bit later, I think. He was up before dawn, it seems, in the story. But you'll wake up. Your feet will hit the cold floor. Maybe you'll throw on your slippers. It's time of year, right? And you will have a day in front of you. And the question that I have for you is, what is your goal for that day? For many of us, our goal will be exactly the same as Pilate's day. How do I get through the next 18 hours or 16 hours or whatever unscathed, right? How do I get through this next day and make sure that nothing happens? If I feel like nothing has happened to me today, I will have succeeded greatly right? And different things will come up that you'll have to deal with and you'll have to struggle with. And the question is, how are you going to respond to them? A lot of us are just going to put our heads down and try to ignore them. We'll either ignore it, we'll feign interest just to deconstruct it, or maybe we'll be so cynically confident that we never even listen and we just scoff at it. For those of us um, who still struggle some with belief, who still don't know where, how we feel about God, you may have an opportunity tomorrow where God is crying to speak to you about how real he is and how much he loves you. And you are in danger like Pilate of ignoring him, of arguing with him, or of scoffing at him. 
But that danger is not just for the non-Christians. The danger for those of us that follow Jesus too. There may be a moment tomorrow where God's trying to shift you. Okay? He may put an annoying person in front of you because he wants you to be a blessing to that person. He may put a hard conversation in front of you that he wants you to have. He may put before couples an opportunity to deal with that nagging issue that you haven't been talking about, right? Who knows what the thing is that God might put in front of you tomorrow where he's literally trying to speak into your life. And you will be tempted to ignore it and say, that's not my problem. You will be tempted to argue with it and have all your holy sanctimonious reasons why you shouldn't listen to God. Or you'll be uh, tempted to scoff at it. That's not the voice of God. That's just bad timing, right? And in doing so, we do the same thing that Pilate does. I think that often God is trying to get our attention and he is trying to tell us, I want you to do something. I want you to be different. I want you to... Whatever it is, for some of us, it may be accepting him as who he is. For others of us, it may be working better in how we treat a spouse. For others of us, it may be um, some hard task that we haven't wanted to take up or some ministry that we felt called to do. There's all these ways that God may be trying to shift you. And you will be tempted to ignore it, argue with it, or scoff at it. But none of those things is truly listening. We often say, if God would only speak to me. And I think sometimes God would say, I've been trying and you don't pick up, right? I've been trying to get through to you. I've been trying to tell you something, right? And you just, you're not listening. Because like Pharaoh, we've got the tunnel vision and we are ready to go. And it's like, I'm going to get through this day without anything getting up, uh, upturned. And sometimes God wants to turn your life around. Right? Sometimes he does want to upturn the soil. And the question is, in those moments, are we willing to listen? Tomorrow, are you ready? We'll, we'll do tomorrow. Today might be too much to ask, right? Tomorrow, are you ready to wake up and to listen to what God's got for you to do? Or are you just hoping to get through the day without incident? All right, uh, as you guys know, I don't have a slide for it because I'm not as good as Preston. Uh, we usually do a question and answer at the end of our sermons. So if you guys have any questions about today's text or application or anything like that, feel free to ask them. Right, it, it's very interesting. When he looks at the centurions, his soldiers, who he commands, and he says, you take Jesus out, you whip him, you put him on a cross, do what these people want. But that's their decision. It's not my decision. Like, it's a total, I mean, he's just a slime ball. Like, there's just, that's, that's the character of somebody who doesn't want to take any responsibility for anything he does. Um, it's interesting. Some criticize the Gospels. The Gospels are actually far more positive in their description of Pilate than any of the Jewish sources are, um, which is interesting. Um, but there is this desire in the Gospels to show Pilate as seeing Jesus as innocent and unwilling to do anything about it. Right. That's important for the apologetic as the Romans say, well, why do you serve someone that the Romans executed? The church always wanted to make clear, well, you guys really didn't want to execute them. Right. And so this blame game, which gets into a lot of very difficult topics in the history of the church, as far as the Jewish leadership and the Romans and kind of who had what role is a very convoluted thing. And we have to remember that 
Jewish authors had reasons to talk about Pilate the way they did. Roman sources would talk about Pilate in a different way. And Christian sources are kind of caught in the middle of wanting to describe both Jesus' innocence but also Pilate's complicity kind of in a way that works. Does that make sense? Any other questions?